International. Hey, movie connoisseurs. I hope you saved room for movies. Uh, as always, I am Brett Dorman, a.k.a. president of the Coming Up Daisy fan club. <laughs> and I am uh, Courtney Hardbodies Peterson. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've got a great show for you today. We're going to start off with some appetizers, move into our, our main course, which this week will be the hits Cohen brother movie Burn After Reading. Mm-hmm. That was my pick. I Well, did you f- so when you picked that movie, did you yes. find any connections between or I guess we can do this after our appetizers, but I'm excited to see what your connections are between I Burn didn't After even Reading. Think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about it. Okay. We'll, we'll find it as we go. Sure. We'll I'm find sure, it. I'm what sh- movie did we Oh, Lady Killers. Lady Killers. Uh, <laughs> there's yep. a couple. There's there's just a bunch of Cohen brother stuff. Yeah. That, I found connections between that one. I found connections between Burn After Reading and Fargo, and then I found just a, you know, yeah. there's no connections really between Lady Killers and Burn After Reading though. There's almost nothing. Uh, well, we'll find something. Okay, sure. Uh, after that, we're gonna play some games, aka have our dessert and mm. eat it too. <laughs> Favorite part. <laughs> do you have anything to start off with? Do you have an app? You have yeah, an app for us? I do us? have an appetizer. Um, I just uh, was. I just got a Netflix account, and so I just started watching. Ooh. I know you hate documentaries for some I reason. I do. Why, why do you hate them? Why do you hate documentaries? Because they're all dumb. Okay. They're all dumb. Yeah, well, true. I, 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 even, I feel like even the best documentaries are 30 minutes too long. <laughs> I feel like all documentaries could really just be 20 minutes. It could just be a guy sitting in a chair going, hey, here's what happened. Even the ones that are like expand over years and years of time. Yeah. <laughs> so I, some of them are very them. interesting. Some of them are very interesting. I just feel like the movies themselves, I've never seen a great documentary that's like, whoa, that was... Like, this, some stories are interesting, but I yeah. just... Tell me what it impossibly is. Impossibly difficult. <laughs> Which one did you watch? No, I just, I, well, this one I watched, this one is a random one, but I watched this one uh, from the 80s, 1989 HBO documentary called Life of Crime. Mm. And they follow, um, <clears throat> they follow these guys that are in and out of kind of the prison system in New York and New Jersey. And it's really, really fascinating. Like the char- the characters in it are super like engaging. and They're not characters, they're people. Yeah, they're, well, people, <laughs> but they are Right, no, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> the people are super interesting. It's very, very sad, very dark, but it is like a really entertaining movie and they think they made like sequel they made a sequel after that. So yeah. I would definitely recommend it if you have time to just watch it. It's just really right. badly shot and like you can tell it's been like ripped a bunch of times. Like it's yeah. you can get see it on YouTube or Netflix. So Okay. What about I, you? I if I was gonna watch a documentary like true crime. Yeah, crime ones are the best. Yeah, of course. It's a good thing people commit crimes so we can watch those <laughs> yeah. lovely documentaries. Those perfect stories. You know, they all have an ending. <laughs> they all have a good Well, speaking of Netflix, there's a brand new, not brand new movie, but a movie that is new to Netflix. What's a that? A movie called Knowing. You ever watch Knowing with Nicolas Cage? I'm. Oh, you know what? I have seen and, Knowing. Yeah. Is that like that really bad movie? I liked it. So maybe. Okay, I'm trying <laughs> to think if I know what it is. It's the one that's directed by Alex Proyas, who did Dark City and the Crow, and it's about the, the numbers. End of the world? It's oh. about numbers. No. Yeah, it is about the end of the world. Okay. But then it's yeah. about numbers, and he gets a sheet of numbers, and they all relate to a disaster. And the very last number is the end of the world. Whoa. And Rose Byrne is in it. You know Rose Byrne. Yeah, she's great. She's great. And she goes, Nicolas Cage slowly descends into madness. And he he becomes like Nick Cage. Yeah. Rose Byrne goes from zero to 60 in the last 30 minutes of this movie. And it is awesome. Like, it's not worth the price of admission necessarily. But if if you've just got like a lazy Sunday. When did it come out? I feel like I've seen it. Like but 2009 Yeah, it was something. about a while ago. I don't remember. And he's got the con- kid. He's got the kid. He's got to protect the kid. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not a great movie, but I, I, I would recommend it movie. as an appetizer. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe I'll check it out this week. <laughs> 
<laughs> got <Maybe>. nothing else <laughs> to do. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this week, uh, this whole season, we're reviewing Coen Brother movies. Right. And the Coen Brothers don't... I mean, last week we reviewed the comedic... Mistack thriller? <laughs> that was... Mistack? Um, Lady Killers. But this week, this movie is a very... This movie, again, is a very bizarre, strange little movie that takes place around a central kind of heisty type con plan. It's very snappy, the whole movie. Yes. <laughs> and it's... Again, once again, the Coen Brothers... Even though it feels like a Coen Brother movie, the characters don't feel like any Coen Brother character. I love... They are so good at writing yeah. characters. Like, Frances McDormand in this movie, it, she's it's not like any other character in movies. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's, yeah, it's all about the characters in this movie. Like, without <laughs> without that, it would be like a nothing. <laughs> it would be nothing. Yeah. And I, I, but do you think, so last week we, we speculated on how much of that movie was or should have been improvised. This movie seems like the actors are having a lot more fun within the role. Definitely. But it also seems like the dialogue is much more on point. I don't know. It seems some of the scenes in it, it feels like they were, they they were improvised too. Because it's like, like I know it couldn't have been, but yeah, it does seem, it did seem a little bit more punchy with the dialogue, a little bit quicker with everything. Yeah. But uh, one of the things I do like about the Coens is they have this, this thing where if, if a movie's not perfect, instead of not making it, like they'll just put it out as is. Yeah. Like, I I don't need every movie to be a hit. This movie's perfectly fine (laughs) the way it is, right? (laughs) I think this movie's perfect. Burn After Reading is, like, a perfect film for me. There you go. There you go. Uh, So, to recap this movie... Yeah, let's go into that. Again, once again, we've got a movie where essentially nothing happens by the end of it, and yet... This is an interwoven tale to the max. This is a doozy. A doozy to get through. So much interwoven liars and cheaters and murder and FBI. And there's a lot going on in this movie. Yeah. It starts off with the world. Right. We zoom in on on the CIA headquarters. (laughs) Right. Classic, Classic spy satellite zoom in. Right. So you already know... People are watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sets up the paranoia. I, the, the, those Coens, they don't let anything go to waste. Mm-mm. Let me tell you. Nope. Uh, the very first scene is a great scene of, uh, I again, I don't have character names here. So John Malkovich gets fired. <laughs> yes. And there's the, the, the rhythms of like, he's, he keeps looking behind him. There's mm-hmm. someone sitting next to him who like, just is like you you have a drinking problem and yeah. he, he focuses on that but that guy never really says anything back and the other two guys are kind of the ones who are jabbing him and he's yeah. being attacked it's like a weird heightened thing where he's just kind of looking different directions and then yeah the the staging of the <laughs> like a crucifixion <laughs> with his arms that's my favorite thing that he does the whole movie <laughs> it's a he's he's it's a very physical movie yeah without being like slapstick mm-hmm. like there's no f- well, I guess there is a little bit of violence towards the end, but it's not like slapstick violence. It's gruesome violence. <laughs> True. It's like, like this whole movie. Slapstick murder. It's like, <laughs> a funny idea. Um, this whole movie is just like even George Clooney is uh, his all physical in this all movie. Physical. He's, he's his ticks and his constant. Yeah. He made me like around. nauseous watching him sometimes. Like just the way he like we acted. Like I gotta run. But like, the way you look at yeah. his face, I was like, ah, why am I so nervous? Uh, so basically, yeah, they set up the fact that John Malkovich is being fired, right? but it's sort of that classic, like, you can't fire me because I quit. Right. <laughs> so he leaves. <laughs> so I, that made me think there's, there's a couple of scenes of like characters quitting jobs in movies, but yeah. if there was a character in a movie that had a day job and had to quit, <laughs> Which movie character would you love to be a fly on the wall and see quit a job? Oh, I in this, style. <laughs> in style, this this one came to me almost immediately. Like who I would want to see like quit a job, just because I imagine this character being in like any kind of like mundane job and just making it overly like dramatic, but still. Oh, it would be Steve Zissou from Life Aquatic. <laughs> 
That would be the. I feel like him quitting any job would just be hilarious. That would yes. be my pick. And you've got that Bill Murray esque like. Yeah, you could just say, "Hey, this is the scene where Steve Cisu quits. <laughs> Go, and he'll he'll turn on the magic." <laughs> yeah. uh, and he gets his buddies to help him. Just kidding. <laughs> what about you? Uh, I thought about uh, Professor G. H. Dorr from Lady Killers. Okay. I thought that would be very cool, right? Like, here, here's a character who thinks he's a higher status than someone, mm-hmm. but then he he isn't. He's just like a clerk somewhere, and he quits, you know, in style. But for my real answer. I picked Valentine McKee and Earl Bass from the movie Tremors. <laughs> Why is that funny? I don't know. Tremors is a funny movie. I feel like you brought up Tremors. Have you brought up Tremors already? I don't think so. No, maybe I not. watched it pretty recently. Okay. Again, I think it's on Amazon Prime. Mm, okay. That's a great movie. Yeah. That is a great... I haven't seen it in forever. I don't I, remember. Uh, you should watch it. Okay. Again. <laughs> uh, I feel like Valentine... Like, if you were to have a prequel of Tremors, you could have a, a story where, where where Kevin Bacon is, like, on the on the kind of, like, upward slope of, like, I'm going to take the world on by the horns, and I'm going to do that, I don't need you, and da-da. And, like, you just see him kind of, like rocket propelled to failure mm-hmm. whereas um the other guy what's his name i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but the other guy uh fred ward fred ward he like you he would be more of like the the slow decline like maybe he's got a drinking problem and he's like ah. maybe he's like the the aging guy at the hardware store and and the the manager's nephew takes over the department and he's telling him how to do his job and he's <laughs> like hey, i know how to do this better than so like you have you know one guy slowly descending into failure one guy rocket propelling to failure and then they start just like collecting junk in the middle of the desert uh, wow and then tremors and then tremors happens <laughs> that's so elaborate yeah <laughs> but uh i i interwove those stories yeah. just like the cohen's interwove yeah, I'm, I'm just this. like i want steve zisu because <laughs> it would be fun to see him get caught in a web of lies and then he gets fired <laughs> and then he quits <laughs> uh um yeah <clears throat> But then, so we. So, yeah, so after he uh, quits his job, you go home, and then we're like kind of introduced to like his family dynamic, right? So he goes home, he tries to tell his wife, Tilda Swinton, that um, he, uh, you know, quit his job. Uh, they're going to have troubles, but she's like, you know. She's not even listening. Can, yeah, she's not listening to him at all. She's like just mad at him because he didn't pick up the cheese. Yeah. And I have to get ready for this. D- didn't, you, didn't you get the message? Like, well, if, you know, if I didn't get the message, how could I have gotten the message? It, y- yeah, you can tell that they just hate each other. <laughs> like, it's very obvious that they despise each other. Uh, so they had to, like, put, put on some party, right? And that's when we get introduced to... George Clooney's character and his wife. Who, George Clooney is... The the Coens just have a great way of making him look like a complete moron in his movie. He he starts off by saying he's got like... uh, a, an allergic shock thing like he's he's got an, a, 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 an allergic lactose something and, yeah. and Melkovich kind of corrects him and he's like oh well thank you for correcting me and then when uh tilda swinton comes over he says a completely different thing like his mind is just going a hundred miles a minute yeah and he can't like he can't even keep up with his own body he's just so full of himself yeah. and so I can't imagine ever having to play a part like that. Like, that seems so intense. Like, I can't imagine he's got to be stressed out, right? Preparing for that character. That's always have to be... I, it, it, it just feels like he's having a blast. Yeah. Him and Brad Pitt in this movie are just go like just unleashed <laughs> like just go out there and do do whatever you need to do just um, be weird and wacky <laughs> yeah, that's when you find out that george clooney and tilda swinton are having an affair whoa yeah that's also where you find that out which they're all a bunch of cheaters in this movie right well, yeah it sets up well actually john malkovich isn't yeah that's true so, but it does kind of set up this whole thing of like later in the movie they even say it like everyone seems to be sleeping with everyone and, <laughs> yeah. and there's no there's no good people in the movie. I don't think so at all. I feel like they're all terrible characters. Actually, like I, I don't even know which one is worse. Honestly, like do you have a is there a particular character in this movie that you find like the most despicable out of all of them? Well, spoilers, but Frances McDormand is pretty much the most like she gets two people murdered 
Yes. <laughs> All for her, then, her body fat. I love that she gets, to, like, she wins at the end, though. Right. <laughs> like, she gets her surgery. Through, through, and it's not even like this, the CIA is, to a degree, incompetent in this movie. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's just more that idea of like, well, these two people who we have no invested interest in are yeah. are murdered. <clears throat> One of our own analysts who has no real information on yeah. anything is in a coma. Yeah. And this girl wants essentially like what, fifty thousand dollars worth of uh, surgery? And they're like, It's cheaper just because yeah <laughs> i'm like we don't want to do this let's give her the surgery i love how like that's what it reminded me of fargo though is like the the you know like you had these she had this intention and then all these bad things kept happening yeah and but like she actually ended up getting away with it even though people got murdered versus like you know uh william h macy's character right yeah <laughs> you know, once again wish. this whole movie <laughs> is just one complete giant misunderstanding yeah for sure the whole scene boils down well we'll get to it but um yeah so we we go home and and john malkovich it's just it's the small things in life that Mm -hmm. are the most fun john malkovich memoir (laughs) my memoir and even the other characters are like what what are you talking about my memoir it's so funny it's so funny but (laughs) <laughs> every like every time he says it, he's yeah, got no, I love when way. he's like arguing too with like Brad Pitt. <laughs> I don't even know if he even mentions it, but uh, but it made me think he's writing a memoir. What other movie character could write a memoir? Yeah, what what did you? Uh, who would you pick to write a memoir? The e- this was probably the easiest one. <clears throat> At the end of Pulp Fiction, Jules says he's going to walk the earth like Kane from Kung Fu. I want to see his memoirs. I want to see what happens to him. You know yeah. what I mean? We don't need a movie of that. We can get a book. What if Quentin Tarantino wrote a book that was from Jules's point of view that was his adventures? Mm. Like these little one-off, like you could, each adventure could, like each chapter could be a city title. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, Shanghai or whatever. And then it's like Jules in Shanghai and Paris and all that stuff. And you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. And now every single one he could like have a little moral tale oh yeah. so i guess marty mcfly's not a good answer for this <laughs> why not well, yeah, that's who i picked i want every chapter could be like a different year yeah a different year you right? know he's traveling through time it's already good yeah already and <laughs> the, even though he's traveling all throughout time it's telling like a linear perspective. So like something that happens in the year 2022 could affect what happens in 1972. You got to document that (laughs) in a memoir. (laughs) In a memoir. (laughs) Memoir. So we we go, uh, what's very bizarre is like this scene also just has very touching moments. These very little things like uh, John Malkovich is on the boat with his dad. Oh yeah. And his dad doesn't say a word. You don't even know if he's like aware of what's going on. Like conscious even, even though he's. But it's a beautiful, it's like a beautifully shot scene. It's very touching for uh, John Malkovich because he's like older and he's kind of you know oh i'm you know i'm i'm i've I've failed you but i'm gonna turn this failure into success it's pretty nice yeah it's very nice there's a few moments like that just a few a very but then we get back (laughs) between brad pitt and francis mcdormand there's a few touching moments between those guys yeah in between all the boning (laughs) all the uh normal people boning uh but then we go to the lawyer scene and yeah. the lawyer scene's great. It kind of, again, this like thematic element keeps popping up through the movie, but the lawyer is telling Tilda Swinton, like, listen, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but this is what you should do. And listen, I know that I have, like, I just, I should go through the motions and tell you to give it one more shot, but really you should go through the motions and give it one more shot. But basically what he's doing is he's saying, don't listen to what I have to say, even though as a lawyer, I have to say it. Yeah. I want that money. Like <laughs> that's essentially what it boils down to is the lawyers the in order to get a chunk of money, he needs her to freeze everything and, 
and it's it's just a very small part of it but it's yeah it's that idea of like people looking out for themselves yeah it's all about that everyone's so selfish in this movie it's sad (laughs) it's a little sad it's it's very it's funny though (laughs) they made that so funny this is one of the funniest ones i've seen uh from the coen brothers (laughs) yeah um it's Yes, I agree. <laughs> but we go home and John Malkovich is struggling to write his book and he's watching like Family Feud. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's like measuring out his his shots of liquor to, <laughs> yeah. for some reason yeah. to be like, to pretend like he's not I don't have a drinking problem. Um, but then, um, yeah, so we, uh, we, we get the first, we get the first actual scene of George Clooney and Tilda Swinton in the boat. Right. Having the affair. Having an affair. And is this where they talk about and George is telling her like that he's planning on maybe getting a divorce with his wife or leaving her or something for Tilda? I don't know. I don't think so. I think that's, that's the later. second time. Okay. Yeah, but it's the first scene of George Clooney saying like, oh, I think I can get a run in, yeah. which just pays off later <laughs> when he exits the house with her and he's in his running clothes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we essentially then get get the first introduction like 30 minutes into this movie is when we meet francis mcdormand who sets off the chain of events is it really 30 minutes i think so yes that's yeah because she's such a she's a very big part of the movie right but we get all this set up which leads to her at the doctor's office and it's kind of like what if marge from fargo was just not smart <laughs> like that's essentially like she's got this yes. homegrown sense of like oh yeah something still very polite still yeah. very you know like friendly and, and she's got all these little sayings the doctor oh you have a very you have a way with words you know um but she's like a very lovable like one of those characters that's like so like kind of lovable but fucks everything up <laughs> like <laughs> she like she's the kind of person that i would hate to run into at the grocery store <laughs> like i'm so sad there's no 24-hour grocery stores near me because i work overnight so i could very easily go yeah it, you know that's like that's my prime shopping yeah time is you don't want to get caught in like the checkout line with her if there's like a long yeah like i could not imagine uh it's just hearing her talk and like seeing a cashier who has no interest in scanning her groceries but like she's got to say something about every item that he's scanning and she's got to tell him about how she got the coupon that she's using like it's uh it would be like, oh, I got these grapes and I got the floss to go with it because you know how grapes sometimes get stuck in your teeth and blah, 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 like something yeah, like that. Every, every item would lead to another. Like she only came for grapes, but then she's got like 17 items and she's got to tell you every single one. Um, but uh, so she wants to reinvent herself. Mm-hmm. So... We don't really get much of a backstory on her either. Like where... No. Like if she was married before or anything like that. You're right. No, we don't. But um, we we do get this this idea that like everyone who's working at Hard Bodies, it, it kind of failed into it, he, with the exception of Brad Pitt, right. who <laughs> loves his job. Yeah, he's just. <laughs> I love that. That's like a, a very popular gift. So like anytime yeah. like anybody like a lot of people haven't seen the movie, but everybody knows that right that gif of uh, it's. F- for, running for in the good treadmill reason. dancing for good reason it's very funny but um yeah but he's like just like a dumb idiot so right so we set up the idea that she's trying to go online and do all this online dating and she goes on her first date but so her motivation like, is just to find a, a man and to be hot yeah that's her only yeah motivation I guess in this whole movie, she just yeah, she just wants a man. Even though her manager loves her, right? But he's not. But he's a loser, right? He's a loser. It's so sad. He's, he's a loser. loser. He's kind of despicable to me too. Even. Why? I mean, at the end, because he's a weenie. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
he's not. <laughs> yes, he is. How is he a weenie? He's he he's. It's very funny when they actually find the the evidence of the thing, and he's like slowly, like every shot, he's like further and further getting out of the room until he's like sticking his head in. Like I want that out of here. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, <laughs> but know. he's right. It's that only brings bad news. I know, but he couldn't stop them from doing it because he's a weenie. Like he's just like, oh, Whatever. like please don't. <laughs> but then also like that weird thing about him like being a priest before so that yeah, that was that like was like were they bizarre <laughs> were they setting it up like he was a really bad person as a because no like he, he just fell from grace he's fell from grace that's what happens when you fall from grace you end up getting hammered in the head <laughs> by an angry john malkovich what a <laughs> yeah. way to go yeah i don't, but, I don't like, know the backstory of him being a priest but brad pitt is kind of giving um, Frances McDormand this life advice right. right he's kind of coaching her through through her terrible decisions and, <laughs> like he's encouraging her bad behavior yeah, yeah. and he's trying to be positive but he's, he's all about he's positive very, yeah he's very positive like, about yeah. it so it's hard to be angry at him but at the same time it's like she doesn't need any of that to be happy <laughs> yeah. but uh, he's just like whatever you want to be happy I'll support you even if it's bad for you he's so cute in this movie I can't get over it <laughs> But it made me think, if you could have one character, one movie character following you around, giving you life advice. Oh. One life coach. Movie life coach. Hashtag movie life coach. Courtney <laughs> Peterson. I don't even really like these kind of movies, but it would be Tony Stark. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Iron Man, of course. Well, I, right? No, that's... Ter- no, he's a... He's an alcoholic. He he too is an alcoholic. Okay, but no, he's very accomplished. <laughs> he runs a he very big business, he's, <laughs> and he's also maybe, very charming. Maybe, uh, maybe as part of like, if he, if he he's got a great personality, super funny. If I could just have him around, just giving me, you know, I could see maybe if he did some kind of Twitter competition or like what was it called, just like a contest, like. Tweet at me something, and then I'll I'll follow you around for a month and and be your life coach. Yeah. Like you could win that. I would win. I would yeah. love that. Didn't I'm you, a little shy it, sometimes. Did I would try to do that one with Charlie Sheen. Yeah, yeah, I did. That, I tried to be his intern. <laughs> I did try to be Charlie Sheen's intern. Back I got when to, he was taking Tiger's Blood. Yeah, Tiger's Blood. Right in the height of that. Right. All that mess. Hashtag winning. And uh, I got past the first round. Congrats to the second round which i think was me out of like a billion other right. people yeah. like everyone made it no, no <laughs> everyone offense made it back like everyone like, made it to the second but round. still my biggest accomplishment to date so well, i'm excited that's nice. <laughs> so i beat out a few people that probably just typed in nothing right <laughs> submission cats walked across the keyboard <laughs> <laughs> like ah well she's better than a cat yeah. walking across the I mean, keyboard she's unique. i like her take on it let's let her go through i don't think that ever went anywhere did it uh, I don't know if no, it did, and if it did, so. I like that person probably is still talking about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Tony Stark. I feel like would you know, right. not like you know, all life. Right. The life advice that I need is I need right. to be more how to be I successful. Need, I need in to be successful. I need to be hot. Make people love me, yeah. and uh, get a also, bunch of money. you know. Isn't that the same thing Francis McDormand was after? Oh, God. Am I a monster? (laughs) What did we learn from this? Not to do it again. Okay. What about you? Uh, Johnny Five. Johnny Five Alive. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So you're taking the the moral. (laughs) Like a practical. I'm thinking about this practically. If Johnny Five, if, if I had a saint robot following me around and... He he could follow me and like I could use him as a backpack. <laughs> he could carry my stuff for me, but also, also he just be like things. he's very knowledgeable. He can read the entire encyclopedia set in minutes, and so he knows everything. And so I could just be like, hey, what's that? Hey, what's that? And then he has a personality. So I could also say like, hey, you know, feeling really bummed out today. Do you think I should go to that party? Like, oh, I feel like Johnny Five would be like, yeah, go to the party. You're the life of the party. Johnny Five alive. Uh, <laughs> it would be great. It would be nice to have a robot, though. I didn't realize like we could. He's a movie character, is he not? Yeah, There was no true. stipulations that they had to be human. Yeah, then I would pick like any like wrote like c-3po would be great oh, if you want c-3po following you around that's your call <laughs> your call that would be nice like a little just second guessing everything you do like maybe that's maybe that's the voice you need instead of maybe you need someone to go do you really think it's a good idea to try to be charlie sheen's intern? <laughs> 
<laughs> I think you're absolutely right about that. And maybe I need someone to make me to stop me. Right. So I don't, you don't need someone. You don't need an enabler. You need <laughs> Tony's not going to enable me to do crazy stuff. <laughs> so okay. Uh, so we uh, we get to our first coming up Daisy scene, which is just this silly little thing. It's it's very quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like maybe there could have been more of that in the movie, like in, in some kind of version of it. Not that we needed it, but just like, yeah. I feel like there is a version out there where like, maybe there is a Coen brothers written script for the actual film coming up Daisy. Mm-hmm. That would be wow. interesting. That would be, <laughs> it would be insane. Way to sell a joke. <laughs> uh, but then no, then we get the scene in the boat where George Clooney is like, listen, I can't be with one person. I, I like I just I I married young and now I need to go out there and explore the world and then Tilda Swinton is basically but now you're with me. Yeah. Which is very funny that they are completely not on the same page. Not at all. She's so cold in this <laughs> she, movie. I love I didn't I don't think I ever quite appreciated it, but uh until this viewing we're just how cold and direct and how she doesn't listen or care she's very like but her questions are so hard hitting when she's like, there's like two examples that I can think of like one where she's like, so memoir, like, and she'd be yeah. like so, and then you're just gonna <laughs> like live off of like, me or something like whatever she said. And then like the other scene where George Clooney's like, uh, <laughs> making the, the carrots or whatever. Oh <laughs> yeah. She's like, um, you think it's enough for the stew? <laughs> storms off. He's t- he has to angrily grab his sex pillow. Dude, that's, and yeah. Then- <laughs> that's my honestly like the mental breakdowns in this movie are like top notch so funny and my favorite like mental breakdown is definitely the carrot scene where he's just like chopping a million carrots and he's just like (laughs) without saying a word stomps up like you know what you are a negative person (laughs) (laughs) but um it's very funny how cold like she has zero passion or empathy for it any of these other people and then later it's like oh and she works with kids like it's just oh, yeah. very <laughs> her as a doctor she's like no, it's very one. funny um but then we get to uh we get to the 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 gym scene where they, they actually find the the, the disc, disc and the 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 um the janitor once again it was just lying there like it's very <laughs> and like this what like they're wink wink nudge nudge it wasn't just lying there and he's like it was just lying there like <laughs> yeah. again that repeated dialogue coming back those all the Cohen's, time uh, signature it. move i love it i'm gonna steal that move one day okay. um, but uh it's uh yeah this is again this is where we have the scene of 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 Jenkins backing us every scene he's or every shot. He's slowly retreating more and more just like, I don't want to touch it. Yeah. Um, very funny scene. They think they have something important, right? Turns out we find out through just one tiny scene later, turns out what's it's, it's just financials. Tilda Swinton has a disc of financials to give to her lawyer. The lawyer gave it to his assistant. The assistant works at hard bodies. Right. Cause I always forget that part. Cause it's so tiny. I was thinking like, wait, so they found the disc. Tilda Swinton does not look like someone who would work out at hard bodies. No, you only know when the receptionist is like looking in her gym bag and, and she's it's not lo- there. It's the hard bodies gym bag. Yeah. Of course. It's, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, so we get to, um, we get to the scene where, where Richard Jenkins is basically like, you don't need to do this. Like, and I love how every time he says something to her, like, listen, you don't want to be like those Hollywood people. And she's like, you're right. I don't look like a Hollywood person. And that's the problem. Like just <laughs> again, complete disconnect, complete failure, <laughs> failure to communicate. That's when he tells her that he like loves her pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, Oh, you. Oh, you. Oh, he's not so really. pathetic. <laughs> yeah. But he. But that's not. that doesn't make you a bad person. Just because you're a pathetic person doesn't make you a bad person. <clears throat> Maybe not intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> but I you're going to hang out with sad. that guy. <laughs> I feel very sad now. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so, yeah. We get to another dating scene where... Yeah. Um, this time, this time it's with George Clooney, right? This time they, uh, oh, she, she's, well, we didn't even talk George about Clooney. the first date that she went on. Right. Or yeah. Was that the, 
I think, yeah, she's already been on the first date at this point. Right. Which was like this was so awkward. Turtle man. This turtle man. <laughs> who's like, like, his, he doesn't talk at all. He goes like, on the little. date. Like, he just eats quietly. And they yeah. have this, like, really disgusting, weird, gross sex Ugh. scene. But, like, I was like, the sex scenes in this are, like, the not sexy at all, no. which is weird to me. I'm like, because everyone wants sex. Yeah, like, they're all just, like, a horny. It's like, they're all doing just it so weird. Fast, and, and, like, there's no sensuality to it. No. And then she, like, finds that he, you know, is married or whatever because yeah. she finds his grocery list. So that was, like, a really weird scene date thing yeah and she's sad everyone is married in this movie right. a, a kind of and they're all just cheating on each other so right yeah so then she gets but then she gets to go on the date with the opposite of turtle man right which is george clooney <laughs> yes who's like is everything who's she like, wants it's like the, like tor- the very, tortoise in the hair yeah like he's like he's the hair for sure <laughs> Because she's like charismatic. He's like laughing at the movie. She goes to see the same movie. Yeah. And then, uh, which I thought was like a cute little scene. Yeah. Um, then you think that they're like a good match though, kind of. Cause, kind like, of, yeah. Because he's really shallow and crazy and she's shallow and crazy. Right. So they belong together. They do, for sure. <laughs> people. I just hate people. Uh, so, but then we, we get the first kind of thing about, so she goes on the date with him and and then we get the scene, the, the the famous like dancing scene where Brad Pitt calls and yeah, he's like, oh, I'm so happy or whatever. And she's like, shh. And he's like, oh, I'm so happy. You walk in. <laughs> he's always got his bike tire and his helmet. <laughs> and he, he explains that, he, you know, it's, it's Osborne Cox. Mm-hmm. John Milkovich is the, the, the guy. mailing starts. And they, they, they get the wrong impression that this guy is a high up spy, a spy who would use <laughs> a, a CD. Like none of this makes sense. No one thinks anything through a spy who would use a CD and leave it at the gym is going to pay them to, <laughs> to, what did they, did they ask the for 50,000? Is that what, or what I think they, so. Yeah. yeah. The good so Samaritan law CD. or the good Samaritan tax, <laughs> which is a good Samaritan. Yeah. I'm just a good Samaritan. <laughs> um, but it made me think, so even though this character is a complete idiot, yeah, we've seen like the past two episodes we've done, we've kind of been like, what would your awesome action team be? Yeah. And what would your awesome heist team be? But I was thinking like, what would your, amateur spy team B. Amateur spy. Oh, yeah. Like, not professional. I got this totally wrong. Well. Here's the thing. I'm pretty sure when you sent me that question, I read it. I'm pretty sure I might be... Uh um, not very smart, but I took it as my favorite spies. <laughs> <laughs> so I just collected my five favorite spies. He Brad pitted this one up. Yeah, real. <laughs> real bad. But we can do your let's, thing. Let's hear them. I want to hear them. Okay. You can run through them. Right, so the question I'll, again, I'll, though, I'll judge you. I'll be the, the voice of dissent. I'll be your C3PO. <laughs> judge your spies. Okay, fine. Well, okay. So the question I thought was just like, if you could have five different characters, just like five awesome spies working together. <laughs> five awesome spies working together to go retrieve the Watergate files. Yeah, the, the specific <laughs> mission was the Watergate mission because this is in Washington, D.C. Right. So, my top five favorite spies. <laughs> in no particular order. Uh, Agent J from Men in Black. Okay, that's... Will Smith. Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that scene where it's uh, where where he shoots the little girl, and he's oh. like, "This guy's just out <laughs> sneezing, and this guy's just trying to work out. Look at her; she's got she's got metaphysics books. What's she doing out at night? Like, it's very funny. Yeah, that's he's great. <laughs> Number two is James Bond. <laughs> Do you have a favorite James Bond? Um. Do I have a favorite James Bond? I'll say this. What? No Sean Connery movie or performance has ever impressed me. I don't like Sean Connery. I, well, you don't like Sean Connery, really? No. I've never seen, like, a good, and if there is a good movie. He's so good at what he does. Even though he does, like, a lot of the same gruffy old man thing, but whatever. Like, I'm Pierce Brosnan for me. Okay, sure. Um, (laughs) I'm not a big James Bond fan. I I love action movies. Uh, I like Tom Cruise, so Mission Impossible is better than James Bond. That's fine. I appreciate you sharing. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I don't. I'm not, I don't. Know, I don't know if I've ever compared the two, but I guess. I well, there's five good Mission Impossible movies and maybe five good James Bond movies. The only difference is, is there's, there's only like five? 22 <laughs> James Bond movies and there's only five Mission Impossible movies. That's a really good way. To I put mean, it. even if I were to give you Mission Impossible Two isn't a good movie, which it is. 
even then, you're still you have a much higher batting average with Tom Cruise. True, you're right. I didn't even think about him. He's not even on my list. Well, it's sorry. okay. Uh, third one is uh, Harriet the Spy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, she's a good one. Is that that was a movie with what's her name? Uh, that girl. Yeah. Oh, I get Trachtenberg. Trachtenberg. She showed her boobs in that one movie. What movie? Euro Trip. Oh, that's. I don't right. think you ever get to see them, but in the movie, she shows them to try to hitch a ride. Yeah, and they're like, "This is Europe." <laughs> Harry the Spy. What are you doing, Nickelodeon? <laughs> Just kidding. Is that Nickelodeon? I don't know. That's why I picked Harry the Spy as my third spy to go get Watergate sure. files. Uh, fourth one is Austin Powers. Yeah, great spy because you need sexy a comedic spy. relief. You need a wild. Oh card. yeah, I mean funny, right? Not sexy. <laughs> <laughs> talking about talking about gross weird sex things <laughs> yeah totally for the funny uh, yeah and then um <laughs> fifth one is uh junie from spy kids he's another great okay little yeah. spy kid yeah <laughs> <laughs> those are my top five spies top five spies okay, two of so them under 17 years old <laughs> right yes okay who um <laughs> love, love to see Austin Powers hitting on those those kids. Oh God! <laughs> what weird sex stuff? Okay, burn after reading. Can we go into the how the question was supposed to be now? And yes. you can answer it so, like a professional. <laughs> I thought if you could have five amateurs, because this movie is bumbling idiots trying to pull off right. something big. Number one, Joe Dirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one of Joe the, Dirt. Yeah, he's like a, yes. he's already kind of a con man, but he's like he's got a he's he's a good guy, but he's like he's just reduced down to a bad guy. Yeah, but he's also a janitor, so he'd probably know his way around s- buildings. Yeah, he's gonna be scrappy yeah. for sure. He's gonna know how to get into a door or two. Yeah, you need that when you're being a spy. That's great. Number two, Jack Burton from Big Trouble in Little China. Ooh. Because last week I had Madonna from Dick Tracy as my sort of sex appeal lady. Yeah. So this week I have Jack Burton as my sex appeal guy. He's so full of himself. If you need someone to go charm someone, he's so full of himself he can just go, like, just, hey, distract that guy. And he'll go and just, boom. <laughs> that guy is distracted. That's yeah. for sure. Okay. Uh, number three, this one's a bit... Out of left field. India Stoker from the movie Stoker. Did you I, ever see Stoker? I'm, I don't know any of those words you just said. <laughs> India. <Okay>. Country. <laughs> oh, noun. <okay. laughs> um, that, that's like a Johnny Five thing. You could just, hey, Johnny Five, what's what's India? Um, it, it, Stoker, I love that movie so much. Park Chan-wook, great director. It's probably one of my favorite Park Chan-wook movies. And she plays this like person who's got like a killer inside of her oh but she's like hitting puberty and so like the like the killer kind of comes out in the same way that puberty kind of comes out and all this like weird sexual tension Ooh, that sounds it's really good. good i'm gonna write it down but i figure she would probably as she matures yeah she probably would be someone who like would be the person who's like, okay, this is what we got to do. We got to wipe this down. She would, she would, she would be your fine print person. Mm-hmm. She'd take care of those loose ends of like, oh right, we forgot about this tiny little thing, and like, oh wait, we left our hair in the thing. Like, nope, I have it. She would, she'd think it through. Number four, Emmett Burkowski from the movie, the Lego Movie. <laughs> Oh, okay. He'd be like my tech guy. He'd be like, "Oh, we have this. We have this crazy thing that we didn't see coming. How are we going to get past the? They just installed the laser grid two days ago. How are we going to get past it?" And Mitrakowski, he'll help you out. He can build anything. Wow, that's very smart. Yeah, practical. I know. And he's an amateur, right? Yeah, I guess so. So, and then my my leader of yeah, the group had please. to be Skip McCoy from the movie um, Pick Up on South Street, which is a movie about a con man or like a, a pickup artist. Yeah, who accidentally steals spy information. So then he accidentally steals it, and then he's got all these spy people trying to come to him and try to get it back and he's just like a little street thief Mm. so it's very good it's very good interesting i like your list that's a good list yeah so that's my that's my amateur list love it maybe next time we'll do the same question (laughs) (laughs) maybe next time i'll read the question (laughs) no that's you always read the fine print that's one of the things you got to know that's yeah if, if otherwise you're going to get two people killed 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. we've all decided that I am Francis McDormand <laughs> from After Reading. So very funny scene where Brad Pitt's on the phone. He's like, "We have your oh shit." Oh my god! We have, we have, and and John Malkovich is just losing his He's mind. <laughs> losing his mind. He's like, "You don't know what you're gonna get to." <laughs> um. So we essentially what we have is we have a scene where and what's okay. So they hatch up a plan. They try to get the thing back from him. What I love is that the scene where it's discovered that the disc is missing. Yeah. It's like, oh, the disc is missing. Um, well, we'll just make another one. And like, it's totally <laughs> just glazed over. But we get the scene where Brad Pitt rides up on it. She's like, you got to change. He's like, I don't want to change. And he, he rides up on the bike in his suit. It's honestly the best scene in this whole movie to me. The scene. It's, I feel like you said that about every scene, but it's also true. Like this, this movie just keeps one upping itself in how bizarre the movie gets. Yeah. Like it's just a very strange domino effect of like, what is going on? So now we've got the, like the, the pieces are starting to come together. Together, yeah right right so brad pitt gets in the car <laughs> with john malkovich <laughs> yeah his eyes he's like he's trying to play it cool <laughs> Lo- like looks can be deceiving <laughs> and appearances then, can be deceptive, deceptive. <laughs> yeah that's what he gets and then when john malkovich is like you are an idiot you have no this is a federal offense yeah. and then and then uh, he's like, he's, he doesn't know what to do, so he just keeps saying the same thing over. But um, <laughs> very funny scene. Out of nowhere, John Malkovich just boom. <laughs> Sucker punches the heck out of Brad Pitt. <laughs> yes. Like as Brad Pitt tries to leave, he just punches him so hard. It's like such a funny thing. And he's so taken aback by it. Yeah. It's so this like was... <laughs> <laughs> so I know th- I know that you really liked that moment. It's yeah, it's honestly it was the funniest thing to me and I was like and I love I love a good sucker punch. Like who yes. doesn't like a surprise sucker punch is yes. a comedy gold every single time <laughs> in my opinion. And uh I just basically wanted to ask you like if you had any other like examples of a sucker punch that really stuck out to you or that was just really particularly good whether it's funny or not well so i have a i have a list but i'll just go through them real quick okay that's fine one conan the barbarian okay arnold schwarzenegger punches a camel okay (laughs) that's got to be on the list two uh brad pitt in snatch mickey one punch i love how he's this like he, he seems like a character who's a con man so when they call him mickey or one punch mickey yeah he's not really one punch mickey but then the first time he throws a punch just bam guy drops and you're like whoa no it's such a cool moment yeah like no he really can back it up um to enter the dragon with bruce lee there's the moment it's not really a sucker punch but like it's the fastest punch in movie history (laughs) when he he squares off against that guy on the beach and they put their hands against each other and then he just bam and like one frame his hand is still the next frame his hand is through the guy's face um <laughs> that's so, like you're nerding out about the fastest punch in the world <laughs> bruce lee you can't does, hear about the fastest punch in the world <laughs> bruce lee it, he doesn't have the best movies yeah but give it up like the guy was Fast. maybe the greatest martial artist right? yeah for sure uh and then two or three or four or whatever number we're on last boy scout with um with Bruce Willis, the, uh-huh. it's the scene where he he's asking for a smoke, and the henchman guy they got him tied, not really tied up, but they got him in, you know held up, and this henchman keeps punching him, and Bruce Willis is like, if you hit me again, I'm gonna kill you, and then the guy hits him again, and he just he just punches him right in the face and kills him. Man, it's so cool. It's it's that moment of like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, and then it's like, I warned him. <laughs> uh, but my favorite one is me and my brother. It's probably very specific to just me and my brother. It's a movie called Romeo Must Die <laughs> with Jet Li. Oh, I've seen Romeo Must Die. It's not a good movie. Yeah. I've seen it maybe 30 times. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it more than once, too. It's, my brother loved it. I loved it when it came out. I was probably like 14 years old. Is it old. a Leah in that? Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like one of her three movies um, in like there's like there's one moment where they're like oh you're Romeo because you're flirting with her so you must die. <laughs> the whole movie's title is derived from this like what came first the title or the line in the movie i don't know but there's a scene in the very final fight scene just youtube 
Romeo must die final fight scene. There's a scene where Jet Li punches the bad guy in the throat and the guy like like in slow motion, <laughs> like his whole face just jiggles to the punch. It's so funny. Me and my brother, anytime like we're doing any kind of fake fighting type thing, it's just like it's so funny. But how about you? It's so funny. Like, how did you even like think about all these punch scenes? Like I gave you this question like a couple hours well, ago. Well, I did Google yeah. punch like movie punches yeah um and some some of those popped up which jogged my memory yeah um but the romeo must die one the moment i started watching or looking at all these movie punches i was like oh what's i was like there's a movie where this guy's face just i was the matrix when when neo punches agent smith in slow motion and like you see the whole handprint and everything i was like oh that's just like romeo must die and like that movie i've seen it so many times that it's that it it jogged my memory nice so How about well, you? Yeah, great. You're always fucking showing me up, Brett. <laughs> I was like, like, <laughs> okay, well, I like, you ever seen the movie called Superbad? <laughs> yeah, I knew, I knew that you were going to put this. <laughs> I have it written down, but I didn't say it because I was like, I can't steal your thunder. I How knew. You, you already knew I was going to do that one? Yeah, it's written down right here. McLovin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's a great, that's a great punch scene, Brett. And it's very funny. And I've seen that movie a lot. And well, you know, he's in the, they play it back on the video. Right, it's, right, right. I mean, it's, you know, just constant. It's very funny. Yeah, it's, it's a, a gift that keeps on giving, you know, in that movie. And uh, appreciate that punch a lot. Yeah. I didn't want to steal your thunder. Thank you so yeah. much. I'm glad that you're so predictable. <laughs> Yet unpredictable. Um, it's obvious. It's, yeah. But it's a great it's a gra- scene. It's a great it's, punch. It's obvious yeah. so for funny. a reason. Yeah, yeah. It, it is like the epitome. And it's funny because I kept, I was looking up punches too and I was looking right. up Sucker Punch but I couldn't, there was no <laughs> list of Sucker Punches, only things about the movie Sucker Punch. Right. Which I was like, I don't want to be, I don't want to talk about the movie Sucker there's Punch. There's no Sucker Punching like, in Sucker no, Punch. I assumed there was going to be a million like YouTube videos right. of like top 10 Sucker Punches but it was mm-hmm. just all about the movie Sucker Punch because like every film nerd is like obsessed with the movie Sucker Punch it seems like yeah there's a lot of think pieces about that movie yeah there's yeah. a lot because there's so it's many a, because hot it's women a in good it good movie <laughs> oh, okay sure uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. so we've got this very funny scene We're, we'll try to go through this quick but we, there's this very funny scene where the Russians they go to the Russian embassy uh-huh. it's very funny yeah um, but then essentially we we get the scene where I don't know what the I was gonna try to Google it before the podcast, but like they take out the the what do they call it the laundry mark the watermark the, oh, the suit tag yeah that's for some reason that's like that can be maybe there's like a serial number on it or something, something yeah they but for some reason that means that that's something spies do right but Brad Pitt goes to the house to steal more information George Clooney comes home. Right, and then Brad, Brad Pitt tries to hide, goes upstairs, goes into the bedroom closet, and then he there's there's so many opportunities for him to escape. <laughs> kind of, <laughs> it seemed like it, but he doesn't. He could have just run for it, but he doesn't. He's just frozen. He's, he's just frozen. He's a deer in headlights. I love that when <laughs> then George Clooney comes and he, and he has his, he like gets his gun out of the drawer for some reason. Right. And then he opens the thing and I love Brad Pitt's face at that moment is the funniest thing. In the, oh, it's so funny because he's just like he's smiles. He just cocks his head. And is like, he's <laughs> the affable Brad Pitt from the rest of the movie. He's charming. He's lovable. He's great. He's energetic. And then he's dead. Yeah, immediately. <laughs> headshot yeah down goes Frazier crazy so shocking whoa yeah it made Uh, you laugh just from how shocking it was right it's very funny but it's not funny there's a man who died um but it made me think about obviously like what other famous actor or famous like what other movie death shocked you it doesn't have to be a famous actor i think the departed is the one that i think of the first like oh first. yeah yeah like that movie like that had big old spoilers for the Departed. <laughs> like everyone dies in the departed yeah, but like you're always like wait no what this Boom. is supposed to happen yeah. Boom. yeah yeah that's yeah that's definitely that's the first thing i thought of okay I think. what about you yeah the <laughs> elevator scene Yes. Bam. Whoa. Uh, whoa. <laughs> uh, to me, it was, I think I already brought this up, but Smoke and Aces, mm. I think I brought it up for best movie accent. Ben Affleck has this like Chicago accent. Like oh, right. these Tremor brothers, they're willing to go megaton at the drop of a hat. Like he's just got this, it's almost Chicago, but unplaceable accent. I love Ben Affleck in that movie. Did I say Brad Pitt? I don't know. But I love Ben, yeah, Affleck, ben Affleck in that movie. I love everyone in that movie. 
there's a scene where Ben Affleck and and um, oh, what's the guy's name? He direct Peter Berg mm-hmm. and uh, some and one of the other guys from I think he's in Lost. But they're all going over this plan, and the Tremor brothers show up and just mow them down, just yeah. mow them down. And then there's a great scene where. Chris Pine comes up to a dead Ben Affleck and starts moving his mouth as if to go like, oh, I forgive you. Like, oh, gee, do you mean it? Yeah, you should come (laughs) up and visit me in heaven sometime. It's very bizarrely great. Like, it's it's a great scene. But, uh, yeah. yeah, moving on from here, basically, the movie spirals into madness. Oh, yeah, it just goes out of control. And... Richard Jenkins ends up doing a shot of whiz or seven and seven goes yeah. to the house. He ends up getting he gets shot and hammered to the hammered head. in the head. I love like, it's so graphic. <laughs> it's, that one. Yeah, it's very striking. Like, the the scene of it is yeah because it's like it's like it's, not close enough. It's like far enough to where you can like, yeah. see you can still see the blood splitting out. But, uh, like it's like weird. it's uh, but we also and then like some of the stories told from the CIA's point of view and the CIA. Oh yeah, JK because Simmons I mean, in this movie is just flawless. Oh, for sure. He comes in to basically sell the movie as this, like, what is this movie about? We don't know. Okay, yeah. bye. <laughs> like, <laughs> And it's kind of like they, they build it up, but then, like, once the murders start happening, like, you don't see any of the stuff that happens. Like, right. You don't see George Clooney going and, like, dumping uh, Brad Pitt's yeah. body or anything like that. Like, and, they just, like, love, talk like, about that. We and, have him detained. He was going to Venezuela, but we don't know why. Well, because we don't have extradition. So what should we do? Him. Just let him go. Like, who cares? <laughs> um... But you asked about favorite rant scenes. Uh-huh. My favorite one is when John Malkovich is on the phone with the bank. Uh-huh. And he's like, I don't I don't spend all day memorizing my fucking bank number so I can talk to fucking morons like you. Like, it's such a great scene because one, he's in the right. Like, who has all this information memorized? <laughs> Two, the the bank is in the right, technically, because she has access to the money. Yeah. And three, I've been the person on the under, other end of that line who's being yelled at for no reason of my own doing and just like I probably could have helped this customer out but because they were being a total fucking asshole to me like you know what I'm not gonna help them out serves you right so like it's a great rant because it's it's got this curb your enthusiasm-esque like I guess he's kind of right, but not really. He's being an asshole, right. though, which is all curb your enthusiasm is right. assholes talking to each other, which I love. But I love. They're all assholes. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I think that pretty much covers it. Like, yeah, that's, so that's then, yeah, so the end of it, yeah, burn we covered all the murders. Yeah, it happens oh, yeah, super fast. Gets, I guess John Malkovich, I guess they allude to him being like yeah, in a coma. he's in a coma. Yeah. Uh, hopefully he doesn't wake up. Francis like, Vanderman gets a surgery and then that's it. That's like, it. What did we learn? <laughs> Don't do it again. Whatever we did, close, done. Yeah. That's Credits. It. <laughs> so snappy. Um, great movie. Great movie. Great movie. I can't wait to see what you're going to pick for next week. But before that, right, we have to have our dessert, right? So for people who don't know, this is a little game we like to play called Tagline Toss Up. And what we're going to do is we each have five taglines and each tagline has two corresponding movies, one real and one, one that corresponds to the movie, one that doesn't. Right. So do you want to go first? I would love to go first. Go ahead. All right. These ones aren't really related. Sorry. (sighs) (laughs) You know, there's only so many taglines. That's true. Like I can only, I'm like, what movies have I seen? I'm trying to think of, all right. um, The first tagline is true story of a real fake. Is that American Hustle or Catch Me If You Can? Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> no, uh, it could have been the other yeah, one. Yeah, it could have been. Th- those, both on, of those are good movies. Based on true okay. fakers. All right. I like it. What do you got? Um, the ultimate tool. <laughs> Is this Drill Bit Taylor or McGruber? <laughs> can you do that again? What's that? The ultimate tool. Drill Bit Taylor or McGruber? Uh, Drillbit Taylor. No, no. <laughs> I was like, I, I love McGruber, so I had to pick because he's an idiot and he bumbles his way through the movie. So I had to pick that movie, and I was like, what other movie? Oh, it was like heaven shine down. I was like, Drillbit Taylor, like, who? That's the, that's that is the reason why that movie exists, <laughs> so that I can you for this particularly. Game. I like it. Um, you got me. You don't get me very often. Okay, here we go. 
Uh, next one is remember everything, forgive nothing. Whoa. Is that born ultimatum or the Punisher? Born ultimatum. Yeah. Yeah. I know the Punisher pretty well. <laughs> so. Dude, you, you used to drive a, I remember in high school you yes. had, you had a car. I had a, a white Ford probe, 92 Ford probe. And on the front of the hood was a giant Punisher skull. <laughs> And <laughs> coolest kid in school. Hashtag YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like whenever I would Always drive around, pl- park at Blockbuster. <laughs> you were the yeah. biggest film. Whenever I would drive around, I remember one time I was driving through uh, the parking lot of a grocery store, and these two old ladies were passing in front of my car, and they saw the Punisher skull, <laughs> and the one old lady grabbed the old their old lady's arm and was like, "We need to hurry. <laughs> we need to get out of here." <laughs> like, no, no, it's no, okay. I'm fine. <laughs> just like movies <laughs> it's okay um how about how much does love weigh 21 grams or shallow hell i knew that was gonna say shallow hell. it's definitely shallow hell. it's not it's not it's not it's really not it's 21 grams how much does love weigh Whoa. the whole tag the whole tagline gimmick of 21 grams is like how much does love weigh how much does forgiveness weigh how much does anger weigh yeah it's all 21 grams but it's so funny what's do you know the tagline for shallow i hell? don't it's gotta be something oh they're kind of some kind of fat pun it's gotta be <laughs> it's gotta be yeah i feel like we need to figure that out okay and while i'm doing yeah. while you do that um okay here's the next one the tagline is everyone wants to be found Ooh. is that homeward bound or lost in translation lost in translation okay <laughs> i am suck at this today i am uh yeah i i was off my game last week yeah you were I'm so back. i guess it's my turn to taglines Ooh. yeah kind of okay so taglines for shallow hail the biggest love story ever told. <laughs> Are you a shallow guy? Eh. And true love is worth the wait. See, that's oh, almost exactly like almost. 21 grams. <laughs> uh, all right, okay. so here we go. Uh, this is a long one. Somewhere between science and superstition, there's another world. The world of darkness. Is that the exorcist or the conjuring? Ooh, both movies. The Exorcist. Yes, you're yeah. right. Yeah, for sure. You know why? Why? It takes place in Washington, D.C. That's the only difference. That's the, that's the, ta- that's the tie-in. <laughs> so you probably thought about that before you answered. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good tie-in. <laughs> I haven't thought about any of how these tie-in. Um, Just go with your gut. He's out to prove. He's got nothing to prove. All right. Is that 40-year-old virgin? Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I so bad at this today? I don't know. I'm um, just laser sighting in on these ones. He's got to prove. He's got nothing to prove. Yeah. I don't know. What Your you? movies are good that you're picking. Yeah, They're I know. good. Yeah, I'm just... They're just unrelated and dumb. Right. <laughs> <laughs> how about... I take my job seriously. How about... This is my job now. Right. <laughs> I don't have a real job. Just kidding. In America, you're on your own. Is that killing them softly or casino? Killing them softly. You are correct. Yes. That movie has both Richard Jenkins and Brad Pitt. Oh. Yeah. In a scene together. In a car together. That's a good one. So, yeah. Um, Last one. My last one. And this one is this, because I thought it was funny (laughs) that this was the tag. This is the... Uh, which I just gave it away, obviously. Um, this is the weekend they didn't play golf. Is that... Weekend at Bernie's. Weekend at Bernie's. Oh. Or is it Deliverance? Weekend at Bernie's. It's Deliverance. No! That's the tagline for Deliverance. No! Is this is the weekend they didn't play golf. Wow. <laughs> and um, Another left out of, out of left field... Yeah, I know. Curveball. <laughs> here. <laughs> I just thought it was very fun. I was read that. And I was that's like, oh, crazy. I got it. Every time I have to try to guess before you actually say it. And that's like the third time I've guessed the movie that you've picked that isn't the movie. Yeah, I get it. You. That's crazy. 
always save a lot of room for movies. <laughs> <laughs> Saving so much room. For I have no room for movies because I already have the movies. Yeah. <laughs> It's all movies. That's all yeah, it's it is. Like your entire existence <laughs> is movies. Whenever people say like, oh, I don't like that, you know, about movies. Uh, like, oh, that, that character was so one-dimensional. People say that about La La Land. Ugh, that guy just like jazz. I'm like, but I only like movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a one-dimensional character. <laughs> That's what I do. Like somebody the other day, like I was on a date with this guy and he's like, why do you only talk about food? And I was like, like, like not in a bad way, but I'm right. just like, I was like, oh, have you ever tried this like hot dog place? And oh my god, there's this really good Russian restaurant. And I was like, you're okay, the lady at the grocery snack. store who's got to tell everyone about all the food. Like I heard about this, this like I heard about this fruit from Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> but you can't like, eat what's it. What's the weirdest this snack one? you've ever made? Let me tell you about me and my weird snack choices. You take a saltine, you take cream cheese, and it's like it's like what? Who am I? I'm just a disc- whatever. Anyways, I get it though. I'm a one-dimensional character. Well, we got we, we got that going for us though. That's true. Maybe we can be in an academy. And it's perfect because you're movies no. and I'm food. Save oh, room for movies. Save room for movies. It's perfect. <laughs> the well, ultimate mix. The is. ultimate tool. <laughs> We're having fun. Uh, so for people who don't already follow you on social media, how can they follow you? Yeah. So you can find me uh, Twitter, Courtney. Covia, uh, Snapchat. I didn't mention that yet. I'm on Snapchat. Whoa. You can hear me snapping. Uh, Court M. Peters. Uh, Instagram, Courtney W. Ellis. So that's All where you right. can find me. How about you? I'm on Twitter. I'm at Punch Brett's Face. Brett with one T. I'm also on Letterboxd. Letterboxd.com slash one good thing. I just try to write about one good thing for every movie that I see. I um, love it. Other than that, you could find this. I'm, they always say that at the end of podcast. You can find this on iTunes or Stitcher. Like You probably are, have already used iTunes or Stitcher to find us. But you can leave us a review. You mm-hmm. can leave us five stars. Well, we have our own Twitter page. We have our own Twitter page. Save which Room is, for Movies with the number four. Yes. And we have an email. Yep. Save Room for Movies, all spelled out, at gmail.com. Yes. Send us ideas for future movies, for future seasons, for anything. Hate mail. Love to get some haters. <laughs> Love to get some. Love the haters. Love them. Uh, <laughs> maybe we'll have our own internship <laughs> yeah, contest maybe. one day. <laughs> Where I just, follow, you just follow me around and give me life advice. <laughs> give Courtney life advice. <laughs> it's like, stop talking about food so much. <laughs> yes. um, I just need a friend. <laughs> just All right, and we're also on the Body Tape International absolutely network. Shout out! Uh, what movie are we going to be reviewing next week, Courtney? Next week, awesome! So I've been—I feel like I've talked about how I wanted to review this movie the whole time so far. I'm really excited. We're going to do Raising Arizona. Yes, next week, 1987. I'm so excited. I uh, this movie's so good. It's How really can good. we wait five see five episodes to review this movie? Because we can't just do. You yeah, we can. Do We're doing. You know, we went. We've done so many different types of movies, and this one's like a good blend. I feel yeah. like sometimes good things are worth the wait. That's right. <laughs> For the fifth movie is the best of every movie. Yes, <laughs> thing as Transformers: The Last Night is about to prove. <laughs> True. All awesome. Right. Well, I'm excited. Me too. I will make sure to uh, save room for movies <laughs> okay okay bye International.